Hey, hello and welcome to a special introduction to this week's episode of the Southside Tribe Podcast. It's your girl Sandra and Claire and I just wanted to highlight some very cool Red Stars related events happening this month. Brought to you by Red Star Supporters Group, Chicago Local 134. Since our recording of this episode, Australia have advanced to the round of 16 in the World Cup. And they're going to face off against Norway in the knockout round, thanks to Sam Kerr's four goals against Jamaica. And in an effort to support Sam Kerr and the Matildas, Chicago Local 134 is hosting a watch party this weekend. It's going to take place on Saturday, June 22nd at Temple Stowe Pub in Chicago. That's 3135 West Montrose Ave. Kickoff takes place at 2 p.m., so try to get there in time for some pre-gaming, some mingling, and come out and support your local Chicago Red Star Sam Kerr. Chicago Local 134 is also hosting a Pride Raiser during the month of June in honor of Pride Month. And you can pledge money per goal in an effort to raise funds for Brave Space Alliance. Brave Space Alliance is the first black-led, trans-led LGBTQ center located in the south side of Chicago. And it's designed to create and provide affirming and culturally competent services for the entire LGBTQ community of Chicago. And while the wrestlers have had a bit of a dry spell in goals this month, Southside Tribe Podcast wants to challenge you all out there to goal pledge any Red Stars World Cup goals. Julie Ertz already has a header to go along with Sam Kerr's five goals in the tournament so far, so make sure you support your local Chicago LGBTQ community with some fundraising. For more information on this weekend's watch party or this month's Pride Raiser, make sure you hit up Chicago Local 134 on all social media channels at Chicago Local 134, or you can visit their website at chicagolocal134.net. Enjoy the episode. We missed you, fam. Welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast with your girl Sandra. Ready to welcome everybody back and talk about a lot of soccer that's been happening. And a lot of it has been Red Stars related, even though the Red Stars haven't actually played a game in a couple weeks here. Uh, there's a World Cup happening, folks. And we got to talk about some of the Red Stars who have seen some World Cup action. And we have to preview the upcoming Chicago Red Stars match that's going to be taking place this weekend. So it's a lot of stuff to cover and I couldn't do it alone. No one can ever do anything alone. So I'm here tonight with my friend, homie, and colleague Claire Watkins, aka the Scam Originator. How are you doing tonight, Claire? I'm good. I'm tired. <laughs> oh man, the soccer is a lot, my friend. There's been a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, again, for those of you who don't know, there's a World Cup happening. Uh, Claire and I have like sort of Linked up with SB Nation's uh, Women's Soccer Vertical at uh, All for Eleven, and we're doing some match day type content yeah. for you guys. Like we're we're the ones. It's live. We're the we're the live ones. When you're when you're when you're thinking about the World Cup and you're like, damn, this shit is live. It's yeah. actually just me and Claire. It's us, <laughs> and also like Erica and others. But you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're us, us we're too. Yeah. So, but it's been real. Uh, we definitely wake up, log on. And never log off, and soccer happens yes. in between all of that. Uh-huh. So it, it's, it's been a lot. And there's a lot of, I think, um, maybe a little bit conflicting is the word to use. Maybe there's some conflicting feelings for folks out there about the, the World Cup that's going on right now. A lot of emotions, for sure. Like, different ones. Like, it's just a, like waves of different emotions. I mean, I think to start, number one, I think, just hey the world cup is here right like it's been four years since the last one it's finally arrived um 
France had a killer uh, opening game, right? Sort of kick off uh, the World Cup. They ended up beating uh, or winning 4-0 against uh, South Korea, and it was like a big deal. Um, they've since won other games and <laughs> have advanced uh, to the knockout rounds. Um, we got to see a lot of imp- like introduction of VAR in this World Cup so yeah. far, especially with the hosts, France. Um, and in between there, there's also been some United States women's national team games, and they're also doing their thing. And there's also been some Australia games that have featured uh, Chicago's Sam Kerr. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got some feelings about that. But I think just to focus on the Chicago Red Stars of it all, uh, the United States, they've had a couple games already. They've uh, beat Thailand in a historic 13-0 uh, to zero, uh, scoreline. And then they recently went up against uh, Chile, and they ended up beating Chile 3-0. to zero. And it could have been way more, but, uh, except there was an outstanding uh, goalkeeping uh, performance from Endler for Chile in net. And she stopped a whole ton of uh, goals and even psyched out Carly Lloyd on a, on a PK there. Um, but I think that Chile match in particular, Claire, is probably the one that we're going to focus on the most, just because it felt like a Chicago Red Stars game, because so many Chicago Red Stars were on the pitch for the United States. You have Morgan Bryan, Julie Ertz, Tierna Davidson, and Alyssa Nair getting starts in this match. What did yeah. you think? I mean, I'm, I'm a, a couple of things. Like, my one, I think, oh boy, um, for the tournament at large, I think for me... Uh, I, the one thing that I, a thought that I had today, which is, you know, I, I've, I, you and I have, have watched almost every game, which is probably not good for our brains, but, um, (laughs) uh, it's amazing what it feels like to watch top professional grade broadcasts of women's soccer like every day for you know two weeks in a row I think um that aspect of it more than anything is one that I really enjoy like the game could be garbage and I can hate the ending and all of that but you know you wake up at 11 there's an 11 a.m game and or you know 8 a.m 11 but you're watching in the daytime you're watching it the way you would watch the Premier League um and I think that I really enjoy that, despite having some pretty strong opinions about the quality of Fox's coverage. But um, that aspect I have enjoyed. Um, and, however, um, I would say I, I don't necessarily think that I've felt like I've had a ton of a rooting interest so far, other than mostly rooting for the debutantes or the countries that are dealing with you know, federation bullshit and all of that sort of stuff. You want them to succeed. Um, I haven't had a huge feeling about the U.S. so far. Um, full disclosure, didn't watch the Thailand game. Couldn't. Uh, I had I had to work that day. Um, heard it was wild. Um, did watch the Chile game, and that was maybe the first point where when we saw that, you know, Tierna Davidson was getting the start at left back and that, Morgan Bryan was starting in the midfield that I actually kind of felt like, oh, I, I really do think I'm invested in this going well 
for these players. Um, Morgan Bryan is a player that has dealt with a certain amount of slander over the last couple of years, and I still think she's very, very good. And um, I wanted her to have a good game in a U.S. jersey. Um, Obviously, Chile is not the hardest team they're going to face in this tournament, but... um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I when it turned out that all four of the Red Stars that are uh, with the U.S. were playing in that game, I really wanted it to go well, which was not actually a feeling I thought I was going to have since uh, Casey Short got left off. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I think you and I can both agree that when that initial 23-player roster dropped and we saw a player like Casey Short not on it, I think it left a lot of people, not just you and I, sort of feeling some type of way about uh, the World Cup. Yeah. And uh, I got to say that this game against Chile uh, definitely felt a little different after sort of seeing this very sort of dope flex from the coaching staff. Yeah. Being being like, you know what? Y'all are out there talking a lot of shit, so we're just going to put out all these other players and just keep doing what we're doing. And it was really cool. Every that single. So many yeah. Red Stars were a part of that flex. Yeah. And I mean, we all saw what France's sub squad looked like, you know, today. The US is deep, like yeah. really deep. Yeah. And um, deeper, ob- clearly, than they were four years ago. And the coaching staff know that. And they. They rotated every single field player in the first two games, which is something that they did not do last time, and that was cool. No, it was uh, it was totally cool to see. Uh, I I don't have another I don't have any other way to phrase this, so I'll just say it. I am so proud of young Tierna Davis, <laughs> <laughs> dude. She's a uh, fucking baller, man. She got her uh, World Cup start against Chile, as you mentioned, uh, the outside back position. And Tierna Davidson was serving up these set pieces. <laughs> she got herself a couple assists Two. in this game. Yeah, and it was real nice to see. I'm not gonna lie, it was so nice to see that we were like, wow. <laughs> What is this going to mean for the Chicago Red Star? I I think I was just like sitting there and I was like, oh, huh. (laughs) It's one thing, it's one thing to have, it's one thing to realize that she's doing the corner kicks and then to have two straight up assist, like nice corner kick assists. um, One of which was to her Red Stars teammate, Julie Ertz. Um, this was not a wrinkle that I was expecting, and I very much enjoyed seeing that play out in the first half of that game. 100%. There has been a lot of goals scored by the United States women's national team in this World Cup, and by far, the set-piece goal from Tierna Davidson to Julie Ertz with the snap pony header. Dude, her hair is looks 100% amazing. my favorite. Yeah. It was like majestic. Mm-hmm. It was so, so good. Um, but I got to say, I mean, the United States, they're, they're doing their thing in this World Cup. They're looking fit. They're looking good. They're looking dominant. Um, I think going into this World Cup, along with the United States, you had teams like England and France sort of being tossed out there as these teams who are going to be uh, top contenders, right, vying for this uh, championship in this World Cup. Um, but you brought up France, and 
sort of their B team. And I think they also maybe tried to come out there with a little bit of a flex of their own today. And it looked like it backfired against this Nigerian squad. <laughs> they, that they ended up facing. They did not look great. No. Uh, they were definitely being matched by Nigeria uh, in this game. And it sort of came down to a bit of uh, unfortunate, you know, circumstances when it comes to the now infamous VAR, the video assistant referee, um, sort of taking a look at things. Uh, penalty kick was uh, not made, and then a yellow card was issued because the goalkeeper was apparently, after VAR was off her, her line for the save, and then a, re- a, a retake was given and put away. And that sort of changed things uh, for the rest of the match. But up until that point, uh, definitely not looking like this sort of really super dominant France team that I think people uh, have sort of been really high on since their first match. And the way it's looking like things might play out is if these teams are going to eventually sort of meet in a quarterfinal. That's sort of the outlook of this stuff. And I think there's a general consensus out there that the United States and France meet in that quarterfinal, whoever the winner of that quarterfinals going to be is likely going to just ride themselves into the to the championship finals so um yeah i really liked watching (laughs) the red stars play on the world cup this weekend and uh yeah and 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 going back to you know what we were saying morgan bryant had a good game you know she yeah she alternated between the six and the eight and um did well in both um you know, I think she's probably never going to be the person you want into want you want in there when there's going to be kind of a bruising midfield battle. But um, when you need someone to possess against, you know, a team that that wants you to do that, I think that she's really good at at some some passes that can unlock um, defenses, and I think she did that. Absolutely, and I think. Uh... Sort of, I think when during my live reaction, I said something along the lines of like, "Wow, like Morgan Bryan's jersey is gonna is like two sizes too big because of all the constant like <laughs> tugging and pulling from the opposition and the match." And uh, yeah, it was totally because her of her patience on the ball, being able to sort of pass out of uh, certain moments of pressure, and probably having Chile like players be frustrated by that, you know, and the fact that you have two to three players trying to mark this one specific player and like still sort of having the vision and the patience to be getting out of those spaces. Uh, yeah, you're going to tug and pull and stretch and try to foul. Uh, but I thought I agree with you and thought that she had a, a really good match. I really appreciated the J-Mac uh, braids going on there. That was, yeah. uh, that was really good. That brought a little bit, I think, a little bit of different spice uh, for, for Morgan Bryant. So <laughs> that was cool to see. Uh, but she, yeah, she, watching, she, watching she... that game... Yeah, watching that game, it definitely made me be like, "Damn, I really miss Morgan Bryan and the Chicago Red Stars." Yeah. <laughs> well, she she's definitely a player that um, I think maybe we who see have seen her play for Chicago in the last well, we're about at the year mark now. Um, we respect her a little bit more, I think, than the casual fan does because we know what she can do, um, at least at the club level. Like she. <laughs> Did you see? I saw this today. She like sharpied the word "abide" on her arm. It was fantastic. I <laughs> and I it. was like, "Wow!" I I mean, I knew you you can feel abstractly how much it means that she got that start. But to her, um, I think it was a massive achievement. And 
It's a testament to the Red Stars, too, because when they got her back after kind of what was considered a failed experiment at Lyon, um, they knew that it was going to have to be a bit of a give and take and that they needed to trust her in her rehab journey and also trust her skills in the midfield and completely support her no matter what the U.S. staff were doing. And they did. And, um, you know, I, I think that there are a number of players who deserve to have that story, but I don't feel bad that it's Morgan Bryan that gets it. Yeah, no, it's definitely been a long road uh, for Morgan Bryan and a player of her caliber to sort of uh, sort of burst on, quote-unquote, to the international scene, right? And then kind of go through what she has gone through um, for both club and country, you know, sort of having to work her way through injuries and stuff like that. And it's 100% a credit to the Red Stars and their organization and how they have been willing to work with her and sort of, uh, you know, put her first, uh, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, I would even go further uh, than Leon and include that same mentality within the initial trade that they made for Morgan Bryan. Right. Uh, yeah. Back when she made the multi-team trade with, with Houston, with what we now know were <laughs> potential future considerations. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, even then, you know, Morgan, the rumors around Morgan Bryan potentially going to Lyon and, or wanting to pursue that. Right. Uh, in the middle of also not being a hundred percent fit while still trying to work through uh, some injury issues while she had been uh, with the Houston dash. And so, yeah, I would even go as further back as to that yeah. uh, sort of having the red stars, uh, having that mentality and having a coach like Rory Dames wanting to just go through and, and take that gamble on that trade and wanting to have this uh, player, you know, on, on the team. And I think it's a, uh, I know, again, for us, you know, who, who watches the team a, a little bit more closely, have sort of seen um, sort of seen that trade, you know, pay its dividends already. Um, and I think if she continues to sort of have a good World Cup and be able to build on some of these experiences that she's having, um, that's only going to benefit the Red Stars uh, once some of these players return, especially Morgan Bryan. Um, but... Yeah, good stuff from from her. Great stuff from Tierna Davidson. Really cool to see Julie Ertz um, get a goal uh, in her in her second World Cup. Um, <clears throat> I know there was a little bit of a scare there for some folks uh, with Alyssa Nair during that Chile game. Uh, <laughs> Chile was given a, a a free kick, and the United States were playing into an offside trap. And for people who haven't really been able to pay attention to the World Cup, the offside flag rule has been operating a little bit differently um this year play is continuing on even when the offside is um sort of being i guess recognized by the sideline official and then it isn't really called until once the play is like completed uh so there was this set piece like free kick that occurred uh ball was served in ended up going over going over the wall there chile player at the beginning behind it ended up going basically going into the net um because i think a lot of these players out there with some of the new rules and some of our i think they're sort of adjusting on the fly in this tournament and i think the delayed offside i think is one of those moments because you i saw from what i saw a listener definitely looked like she recognized the offside and she felt like 
that that was going to be called. And it was eventually called, but I think it was this combination of like waiting for it to be called, right, right. not getting to the ball at time well, where it sort of, it looked like she, she not looked, but she kind of did this whiff kind of motion to save it. And then once the whiff happened, she was like, come on, are you going to call this? And then they ended up calling it. You okay. Know? My question about that though, is if she had touched it, that would have been worse. I, like, the whole thing is so weird, and I and I don't want to give her more credit than she deserves, but she didn't touch the ball at all, and that's part of why it was considered offside. Um, I don't know if she did that intentionally, but I do think that she checked that run due to her estimation of that player being offside. Whether that yeah. was the right thing to do, I don't know. She should have gotten it. She just caught it. But yeah. um yeah. but in that moment the difference between catching it and having it hit her and then roll into the goal might have been a big difference. So I, I don't actually really know. I wish someone would have asked. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh it's almost like I wish we were in France and we yeah. could have asked that question. But we're not, we're here and we get to talk about it on this podcast. Uh but I mean, I guess it's one of those things where it's like we won't really know until we know. Maybe we'll talk about that, you know, when when players come back. But um, definitely weird, right? Definitely a weird moment. I think just kind of the vibe right now around the Sport Cup is honestly weird. I think it's safe to say that. It's yeah. a weird vibe. There's there's some moments where it's – I think at one point I, I, you and I were speaking off mic and I mentioned, like, there's some moments where I'm feeling a little bitter. And there's some moments where, like, some really cool things happen and I get really excited about it. Um, I don't know, man. It hasn't, for lack of a better phrase, it doesn't really spark a lot of joy for me right now. I don't know. At least not yet. Pretty sure it'll spark joy a little later. But right now, the group stages are kind of weird. And a little bit of, maybe even a little bit chaotic. And that probably is going to lead us right into talking about one of the best players in the world, Sam Kerr. Mm -hmm. Because Group C is for chaos. Mm -hmm. And Sam Kerr has been going through some things with Australia in Group C. We can't forget about the Matilda Chicago Red Star that we have in Sam Kerr. Uh, when you all listen to this episode, the final matches for Group C will have already taken place. So you are probably already uh, aware of the results and the positioning and the standings for some of the teams within this group. But it's uh, Australia, Italy, Brazil, and Jamaica. And as of right now, this moment, as we're recording Italy is on top of a group with six points after beating uh, Jamaica and Australia. And Brazil and Australia both are sitting in the group with three points as well. And Sam Kerr is, she got a goal, right, against uh, Italy. It ended up being a penalty kick that she made, was attempted to save, but that she quickly had the reflexes to, you know, catch the rebound and, and get it back in goal. And it was a very cool goal. Really great goal celebration that I've definitely been enjoying turning into a meme. Mm -hmm. It's been great, great stuff with the fly, with the corner flag punch. Um, and then in the second match against Brazil, it was just, I'm sorry, but I don't think that was a lot of great soccer. It was just a lot of crazy stuff happening. There was just a lot of crazy stuff happening in that game with Australia and Brazil. It's Australia and Brazil is probably one of the better uh, sort of international rivalries right now um, at the moment. 
And I think going into that match, I think we knew we'll probably get something exciting. Um, but I don't know if like super high quality, sophisticated soccer was one of them, but it was definitely wild. I will give it that. Uh, Sam Kerr was making things happen apparently without even touching the ball. And uh, they ended up, Australia ended up playing from behind and going after going down two goals and ended up winning that match three to two. And that's how they're now sitting with the, with, with three points in the group. So uh, we'll see what happens with Sam Kerr and, and the Matildas. Uh, why are you feeling about Sam Kerr's play right now in this world cup? Um, I mean, I think Kerr's been fine. Uh, she's not the trouble with that team. Um, I, I think both you and I have, have tweeted similar jokes, which is, uh, that, uh, Sam Kerr's club team is better than her international <laughs> team. <laughs> I think one of mine was, uh, quick, Vanessa, yeah. Vanessa the Australian. Right. Um, uh, and, and, and so for me, Struggle. you know, I, I want Kerr to have a good tournament. I want, I don't think that those players deserve to feel bad. I have a lot of questions for their federation and for their coaching staff, but, you know, that's irrelevant. Um, I just think she should come back and win a championship here. <laughs> <laughs> Feels better here, man. Mm-hmm. Feels better here. We all know how this, this, uh, this year sort of started out, you know. It took forever for Sam Kerr to get from France to Chicago. She could not wait to get here. She was taking pictures of the Eiffel Tower ready to fight on her Instagram. And then she got to Chicago and she started to thrive. I mean, she left the league on top, you know, with like six goals. And she's still on top of the league being gone with six goals. Um, So... I don't. I mean, we'll see how far the Matildas go in this tournament. Again, we all want good things, right, for the players that are participating in the World Cup. I it's mean, their team, you right. know. And you have to remember, their previous best is round of sixteen, so you'd hope they would at least meet that. Yeah. You know, get to where you know you can get. Right. So uh, I think it's just going to be a matter of they're they're going to go up against Jamaica again. If you're listening to this, you probably already know what happened, but they're going up against Jamaica, so I think they got a pretty pretty good shot. Um, they're going to be fine. Yeah, They're going to be fine. It's just a matter of their positioning, I guess, within the group and who they're going to end up uh, facing within these knockout rounds. So uh, it's going to be good good stuff. Uh, everyone out there, I hope you're all enjoying the World Cup. Um, if you got feelings about VAR, uh, please <laughs> let us know. Because uh, everyone's got feelings about the VAR. So just, just let us know. Uh, everybody's got the takes. And I only want to hear the Chicago takes. So let me know if you've got feelings about it. Uh, but other than that, please enjoy the rest of the world cup. Um, we're going to segue into previewing the upcoming Chicago red stars match, because this is a podcast about the Chicago red stars and they are back this weekend and they're going to be taking on rain FC. So we're going to preview that really quickly, uh, before we peace out. And the red stars are coming into this match after, uh, they lost, Two games, right? Two consecutive games against the uh, Washington Spirit and Portland Thorns. Then they went ahead and took a break for the World Cup and have had themselves a bye week. So they have had some serious time off uh, before, you know, being able to come back and sort of get back into the, the grind of things and 
start to chip away at this schedule again. And uh, Rain are coming into Bridgeview, uh, coming off of a 1-1 draw against what is currently the top-ranked team in the league, Washington Spirit. And that was all thanks to a goal from Jess Fishlock. So uh, the Red Stars have already previously played Rain FC earlier this year. These are two very different teams at very different times in the schedule right now. Um, you have a Red Stars squad that, again, has coming off a couple losses, uh, missing their World Cup players, and you have a Rain FC team that are starting to gel a little bit, I think. And a huge part of that is due to somebody like Jess Fishlock, who the Red Stars did not face in that previous match earlier this year because she was off in uh, Europe winning a Champions League title with uh, Lyon. So what's your vibe sort of going in this weekend with this current Red Star squad taking on Reign FC, Clay? Um, that's a good question. I don't really know what to expect. I don't know what issues the time off solved. Um, and we won't until we see the game. Um, I do think the Reign are better. I mean, I... I think that I <laughs> I think they got better when Jody Taylor left and when Jess Fishlock came back. I think those two things made them a more effective team. Um the question will be whether or not Jess Fishlock's like arm is reattached. You know, it seemed like she was in a lot of pain for the second half of of their game against Washington despite scoring a goal. Um I think I mean, I say this every time. I, I think the rain are good. Um, I think they're figuring things out. Um, they're very injured, uh, <laughs> which I, I don't know how injured Chicago is. We haven't heard anything in a month. Um, uh, also seeing a lot of players, too. You yeah. Know, are missing some of their own, like, uh, World Cup big yeah. hitters. You know? Yeah, and and so I guess maybe I, I and this is what I was saying where I, I say this every time it'll just depend on how Chicago plays, right? I, I'm not sure exactly if it's a if if I'm worried about the rain because I think they're better. I I don't. I think it just depends on whether Chicago has figured some stuff out that they needed to work on, and the answer could be yes, and the answer could be no, and I don't really know what to expect. Uh, same. I think I'm right in that same boat with you. Uh, I do think that Rain FC are a better team than Chicago right now. Mm. Uh, I agree in that they got better when they got somebody like Jess Fishlock back. Um, I think Bevianez, uh isn't going to have to just worry about Sam Kerr. Right. Um, and she's going to be unleashed in other ways. Uh, I think... It's also important to talk about their goalkeeper in Casey Murphy. I think they got a yeah. serious blow up there. Yeah. And she, I, I don't think Casey Murphy has missed a beat since she's come uh, from Europe. Yeah, to, she, if, can, if, uh, she can kick the ball across the halfway line. Yeah, she can, uh, <laughs> she can keep some goals. She is a good goalkeeper. Uh, and she's only been here, um, you know, for, for a few weeks. So I think they're... There's a team there in Tacoma that could give this Red Stars team a little bit of trouble. Um, but I think that they've had some time off. I think they've had to sit. The Red Stars have had to sit with two losses for a long time. Um, and hopefully they've been able to rest and recover and sort of 
you know, take some time to themselves and sort of hit the reset button, you know? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those low-scoring games. I think if it was even like a 1-1 draw, it would feel like a victory for oh, the Red Stars. Oh, yeah. I had one more thing I wanted to say, which is um, the, the good news is that you and I were kind of worried going into the bye week that um, – that the, the points differential would be kind of scary. And it's not great, but... It's not great, but... but Portland and North uh, Carolina played each other to a point. The Rain got a point. Uh, the Spirit got a point. The only team that got three uh, were the Royals, and they played Sky Blue. Um, all in all, not a bad points weekend for Chicago no, to be off. No, a pretty good bye week for them, I think. Yeah. Um, I've been wanting a weekend where we just get like straight draws and yeah. I almost, almost, almost got it. <laughs> it this weekend. It was so close. Uh, but I think, yeah, if you're the rest stars, I think it was a pretty productive bye week for you. And I think that maybe watching all of this soccer, like all of the soccer, cause you're talking world cup matches, you're talking about two, three, four matches a day that are happening in the world cup. And then on top of, an NWSL weekend that you didn't get to participate in, you got to be coming in here hungry. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping that they're ready and eager to get back on the pitch and maybe prove some of their own haters wrong. You know, I mean, we've been hearing a lot about that coming out of the World Cup. <laughs> you know, shout out to Sam Kerr. You know, I want the Red Stars to come out here and tell people to suck on that one. Mm-hmm. So I hope they do it, man. Uh, miss the Red Stars. I'm happy to be able to see them this weekend. Uh, who's a player that you think you want to have an impact? this weekend you know i should be ready for this question because we do it every time um we do i want danny colaprico to have a good game i want her to be feeling better i want her to be stronger i want her she's gonna have to do a lot of work against fishlock and i want her to be up to it yeah i feel like uh danny colaprico and jess fishlock i think have had some uh pretty pretty good battles Mm -hmm. against each other uh, on the pitch, I think there was a game. There was a match last year where Danny Colaprico got to get subbed out. It was, she was a late game sub because of a challenge that uh, Fishlock and she were going up for like a fifty-fifty ball, and she just got on the the not so good end of it, you know. Um, but yeah, I would agree with a, a solid game from Colaprico. Hopefully, she's she's feeling good and feeling fit um, to go in this game. Uh, I'm also going to say that I, I think for me, my player, I actually want it to be Yuki Nagasato. Uh, I feel like Yuki sort of picked off where she left from last season and had a really fire April, uh, talking about three goals, three assists, uh, really being sort of that visionaire of the team for the Red Stars. And I feel in this World Cup break uh, that they can maybe – you know, they need a little bit more of that. And I'm yeah. not saying that she faded by any means, but we're definitely not talking about her like we were in April. Right. And it's uh, it's already end of June. So Yugi Nagasato has... Ab- you want to talk about sparking joy? Dude. Yugi Nagasato has absolutely sparked joy for me in this World Cup. Yeah. No, she is not playing with Japan. We've already covered that a million times. She wrote her own blog about it. Our, our boy John D. Halloran wrote his own piece about it on Equalize It. Check it out. But Yugi Nagasato has been providing some amazing social media content. Yeah. Twitter, uh, in regard to her own takes and opinions and analysis of this World Cup. And it has been phenomenal. If you do not follow her on Twitter, please do it. 
I personally cannot wait to see somebody like Yugi Nagasato coach an international team with it. It'll it'll be amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know people don't know as as well because of the language barrier. But Yuki is one of the top soccer minds in America right now. She's yo yeah. like you read some of these tweets and like Twitter is this place where you get an option to translate a tweet. And yeah. while some things might get lost in translations, it's so smart. The the core of it is there. Yeah, and uh, it's brilliant. Yuki Nagasato is one of the most brilliant soccer minds out there currently. Absolutely. And, uh, we're lucky that she's Chicago Red Star, and I really want her to have a big game for Chicago this weekend, and I hope she does. So back to all of the World Cup menace and NWSL menace for everyone else, and especially for me and Claire. Claire, where can the people find you and your work? Yes, you can find stuff on Equalizer, um, now that there are Red Stars games again, you can find my recaps on Hot Time in Old Town. Um, I've been not not on on my own, but I've been doing a lot of a lot of game tweeting for All for Eleven over this World Cup. So, um, <laughs> yep, I've been running some very important polls that I would like <laughs> everyone to participate in. One was I asked if you thought Angarg sounded more like a Norse energy drink or a Marvel villain. What ended up winning? Energy drink by a landslide, which I I was surprised. I voted for Marvel villain. Yeah, but I just, I felt like the, I think it was the ENG that did it. Right, yeah. Um, And then today I asked everyone if they were a France lover or a Franny lover. And I have to say that Franny won in a landslide. Oh, 100%. I know I will. I know I will. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so if you're you're enjoying those tweets, you know, give them a follow. Uh, That's honestly where a lot of my analysis is going. So it's, I think they're pretty good. Yeah, I think so too. How about your band? Oh yeah, you can also follow me on Twitter at Scout Ripley, which is also the name of my music project. Yes, you all should support your local Chicago band. It's Scout Ripley. They're awesome and they are cool. I too am also very busy with World Cup stuff. If you want to just follow me and my shenanigans, you can do that on Twitter at Sandrera underscore. That's H-E-R-R-E-R-A underscore. I too am also providing match day World Cup content uh, with All for Eleven. Uh, we're doing discussion threads and quick recaps and how you can watch the game, stuff like that. So make sure you take a look at those. It's been really helpful, especially when it comes to the channels, because it's hard to know sometimes what's going There you where. go. Yeah. You got to know where you can find the game. Yeah. And there's also uh, links on there to Football TV for a free trial uh, if you haven't found a way to be able to watch some of these games. And if you haven't signed up already for an SB Nation account, you should definitely do that because you can be able to actually engage with us on some of these threads. And some of your favorite soccer content pro- uh, producers are involved with SB Nation, whether it's myself, Claire, or somebody like Seth Yang, or Tim McCauley, or Kid Best. Like, so many of us are there. So make sure you subscribe, sign up, and drop us a line or two in the discussion thread to see what's up. Uh, Red Stars are back, so of course you can also find work on Hot Time in Old Town, the previews and key points that we learned from the games, and you can also find my work at secondcitysoccer.com. So we miss y'all. It's good to be back. We miss the Red Stars. Can't wait to get back in the vibe of NWSL. Everybody be good. 
don't kill anybody on a scooter. Don't cross any <laughs> I med. hate them. <laughs> uh, they unleash the scooters on Chicago, y'all. Uh. Save yourselves, vegan. We'll catch y'all next week. Peace.